You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And uh, we look at the SEC on a Wednesday night. Florida had no problem at Texas A&M. South Carolina had no problem at Georgia. And then Auburn and Alabama uh, was a wild one, went to overtime. Alabama, or Auburn wins 95-91, gets revenge on on that loss it had at Alabama. But in the process, Alabama sets SEC records for most made and attempted three-pointers. The Tide go 22 of 59 from three. 22 of 59 from three. I mean, that is that's that's a pretty good silly. It's a pretty good case for Calipari sort of being anti three point revolution. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, a team hit twenty two threes, made twenty two threes, and lost the game tonight. Um, that, that that's pretty wild. I mean, it's crazy. That you, it's crazy that you would take forty eight. I mean, I wonder. If they sort of felt they like were, they were gonna they were gonna get a barrage from Auburn because in the last game Auburn uh, that was Auburn's deal they just went uh, three point crazy and missed a bunch early made a bunch late I think they ended up making <clears throat> excuse me, like like nineteen threes or something insane against uh, LSU in that ninety one ninety win over LSU but Auburn is on this crazy uh, run of close wins. Uh, they've won what's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in a row. Uh, they've won uh, the last. I think of the last five games, they've won four in overtime. Right. Uh, the 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 UK four game being the the one exception. Uh, and the crazy thing is, they won by one point at Ole Miss in overtime. They won by one point uh, against LSU in overtime. Three points at Arkansas in overtime. Four points. Uh, against Alabama in overtime. And then, uh, really, Kentucky led, what, with uh, four minutes to go, Kentucky led at Auburn in that game. It did not go to overtime, uh, but they won that game. So it's been sort of an escape um, escape artist theme, I think, for Auburn to this point. But but they've done it. I mean, that's the thing. They've done it. They won seven in a row. They were, what, 11 this week uh, in the AP poll, 22-2 and two now. Um, yeah, I'm 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 incredibly um, intrigued. I guess is the word. I think I've said that it's a little bit redundant at this point. But I am I'm intrigued by when they come back for the re the uh, repeat game against UK at UK in Rupp Arena, February 29th, 3:45 p.m. CBS national game. <laughs> right. Um, that's a big. I mean, that to me based on the way they're playing, the based on the way L- uh, Kentucky's playing, based on the way LSU is playing, which is not great lately, I feel like that game on February 29th is for the SEC championship at this point. I mean, it feels like those are the, those are the two best teams in the league. LSU, you'd put right there, I guess, on par with them, but 
they they kind of had staked the two game lead. And now they almost they almost lost three in a row. Um, I think it's Kentucky or Auburn at this point. Yeah, I mean the way LSU is kind of trending the other way, they still pulled it out uh, against Missouri uh, the the night before Tuesday night. But but yeah, Auburn they just they've got something they've got something going here where they're they're able to just just win these these tight games. They're uh, I think they're up to fifteen in the net now. Uh, South Carolina is, was was at seventy five in the net before uh, beating Georgia seventy five fifty nine Wednesday night. South Carolina seems to be you know trending up a little bit. Another team that I thought was trending up was was Miss State, but then they go down and lose to Ole Miss the way they did with Brian Tyree just going off for forty points, and now here comes a red hot Ole Miss into Rupp Arena on Saturday. I mean, Ole Miss, I think they've won three in a row now. They're they're getting good at the right time. You know what I mean? They're starting to go the right way. It's weird to me because I thought – I was fairly confident that Ole Miss would be a good team before the season. They they returned one of the best backcourts in the country. They added some transfers. Like, they had some nice pieces. They added some some key – uh, front front court guys, and then Brian Tyree, uh, Devontae Shuler. I mean, those two are as good of a tandem as there is, not just in the conference, but really in the country. Uh, and Brian Tyree, I mean, here lately he scored, let's see, 36 against LSU. He scored 38 against South Carolina. He scored 40 on Tuesday against Mississippi State. Um, one of the best scorers in the league. He's a guy that Kentucky fans know. He, he went off against Kentucky. Um, I thought before the season Ole Miss would be good. It was weird to me that they weren't uh, good. They started 9-3 and three and then went on this kind of crazy uh, losing streak. They lost six straight. They lost uh, eight of eight nine. Of, yeah, eight of nine. Eight of nine, and, and, and there were a lot of close losses in there. Uh, well, not a lot, actually. They got blown out some, but, but there were a few, a few close losses. They lost 83-82 in double overtime uh, to Auburn. Uh, they played Auburn and at LSU back to back, but now they've won three in a row and not just won them, but like blown those teams out. South Carolina's played well, with the exception of that game, basically uh, lost by 14 to Ole Miss. Florida lost by 17 to Ole Miss, uh, and Mississippi State got just shredded by Ole Miss, uh, lost yeah. by 25. Um, that was a game Tyree. So they the should last... have beaten Auburn. I mean, they should have beaten Auburn down there. They well, really that's the thing have. too. They they basically controlled that game. They led throughout. They had a, lead, a pretty significant lead at the end of regulation, and ended up losing in double overtime by a point. Uh, but Brian Tyree in the last three games has 38, 23, and forty. Yeah. Um, he's a guy who can go kind of nuts on you. Um, this will not. You know, if this was a road game, I would absolutely put Kentucky on upset alert. The fact that it's Rupp, Rupp Arena is probably, I think, gives Kentucky the edge, but it won't be easy. I mean, it's kind of, to me, this is very much like the Mississippi State game. Um, yeah. It's a home game, so you're going to give Kentucky the edge. You think they probably pull it out in the end. Um, but this won't be a cakewalk. It won't be a blowout for sure. It's a game. <laughs> Let me predict. Kentucky will be up. 10 to 12 points with 15-ish minutes to go in the game. Uh, <laughs> and then some, at some point late, Kentucky will be up four 
right. and on its heels trying to, to finish this one off. That, yeah. if, I think that's a pretty safe bet. I wish yeah, we but, could. I wish we could bet on specific things like that. <laughs> Prop bets within the game, like Dub- that. Double-digit yeah. lead shrinks to four would be one I would bet on every single week <laughs> with Kentucky. All right, more to talk about uh, as Kentucky gets ready to take on Ole Miss on Saturday, and another upset. Uh, if you haven't heard, we'll discuss next on the Lockdown Kentucky Podcast. You are locked on Kentucky. Your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast, and uh, we were talking about Ole Miss. Kermit Davis, the head coach there at Ole Miss, uh, Kenny Payne said on the John Calipari radio show Wednesday night that he and Kermit go way back, like to when Kenny Payne was a 15-year-old growing up in Mississippi, uh, that that's where he got to know Kermit Davis from way back then. And so when Tom Leach brought up – you know, playing Ole Miss, Kenny was kind of like, yeah, unfortunately an old friend. Like he didn't – he wasn't looking forward to having to face Ole Miss because it was Kermit Davis, somebody he knows really well. So he was talking about how far they go back and uh, and just how, how well Ole Miss has been playing lately uh, and just how tough it's going to be. But I didn't um, realize that about what's, – what's the relationship there? I mean, obviously Kermit's from Mississippi. Right. Kenny's from Mississippi. What, how, did they, how did they know each other? Just from basketball, that uh, okay. Kermit was coaching around there, and he got to know him um, through that. Uh, that's that's basically it. And then um, one of Kenny's cousins played for Kermit at like Idaho with uh, when Larry Eustacey was like on the staff. With, really, with no Kermit. kidding. Yeah, All right. Some some crazy connections. That's the other thing. And some the, deep the deep re- ties. Yeah. The reason I thought. You know, I, I thought Ole Miss was going to be a good team this year. Um, one, because of that backcourt tandem, but two, because of Kermit Davis. If you, if you go back and look at what they did at Middle Tennessee when Kermit Davis was there, and he was there for a very long time, like a dozen years or so. Uh, towards the end, they had a 27-win, like starting in 2012, they had a 27-win season, a 28-win season, a 24-win season. 25-win season, and the last two years he was there, they won 31 uh, in 25 games, and then the first year he leaves, they go 11-21, and and this year they are 6-19 and at Middle Tennessee without Kermit Davis. And then, and then the flip side was, you know, last year of Andy Kennedy at Ole Miss, they were terrible. They were sub-500. They go to the NCAA tournament in year one under Kermit Davis, and so... Logically, it just it didn't make sense to me uh, when Ole Miss was struggling the way they were. They had a great pair of guards. They had pretty good, you know, front new front court pieces, and they have this guy Kermit Davis who wins like no matter where he is, no matter kind of what the roster turnover is. Um, so I think the fact that they're on a heater now, they relative heater with three three kind of blowout wins in a row, uh, says something about. What kind of Ole Miss team is coming to Rupp Arena? I don't think it's, you know, they're 13-11 this year. Uh, I don't think this is a typical 13-11 team that's coming to Rupp Arena on Saturday. When you go back to to um, to Kermit Davis, like he took Idaho to the NCAA tournament in 1989 and 90. Like Tim Floyd and Larry Eustacey were both on the staff there. I mean, there was... Yeah, he went to back to back, back to back 
NCAA tournaments, back-to-back 25-win seasons at Idaho. Yeah, like when has um, Idaho been in the tournament since then? Have they? I, I don't know if they uh, have been. That's a great question. I'm going to look that up. I, I don't – like I've, <laughs> I've never thought of Idaho in a non-football context because like – you know, the Idaho Vandals, they've got a cool nickname. You know, they've popped right. up here and there in football. I'm trying to see. He was 28 years old when he took that job. But uh, before that, he was, I mean, his connection to Kenny Payne maybe is he was at Southwest Mississippi Community College in 1984. So maybe, you know, Kenny was recruited there. By the way, I, okay. I just, uh, I got to find this connection. Uh, the last time, the, the last time Idaho was in the NCAA tournament was under Kermit Davis in 1990. So that's, it was. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it was the last time. Uh, wow. yes. They've only been in the NCAA tournament four times in their history and two of and them were Kermit twice. Davis. Yeah. Yeah, I, he's a good coach, and they've got some good players. There's no reason they 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 have the record they do right now. I don't. I haven't followed them closely enough to kind of understand what the struggles have been. Um, but they're playing well now, and they do have a guy, Brian Tyree, who can go bonkers. Um, so this is, I would say, like total upset alert for Kentucky. Yeah, if it was on the road, but yeah, with it being at home, um, I mean, even at home, I, I mean, they don't lose at home often. I think this will, it'll be, it'll be a scare. It'll be a scare that they ultimately win. But, but yeah, this is a team that can come into Rupp Arena. I mean, how many times have we seen the the guy like Brian Tyree and like Brian Tyree himself uh, go nuts against Kentucky? Um, have sort of the game of his life. Um, yeah. You know, By the way, when you Google. Kenny Payne in Southwest Mississippi Community College. The first thing that pops up is your October 14th, 2019 article on Kenny Payne. Really? So did did not... I reference it? I mean, <laughs> so Southwest, you... what is it? Southwest, I don't even Southwest know. Mississippi Community College. So I don't, uh, I'm really curious I, I don't what know this that, would you, be. that you would uh, put that in there or not, but that's, that's the connection that comes up right there. Um, uh, anyway, no okay. Devonte Shuler has been really good as well for for Ole Miss. I mean, I've watched him a few times, and Devonte Shuler is a guy that's uh, that's really played well for him. Um, Blake Henson has played well. KJ Buffett has played well for him at times. I mean, uh, they're a team. I mean, you look at um, rebounding numbers. They're not a team that rebounds the ball very well, so that's going to be one of their weaknesses that that comes in against Kentucky, but. Brian Tyree is going to be, I mean, he's just going to be a tough, a tough handle for, for whoever it winds up being. I would guess Ashton Hagen's and on the ball defense. He's going to be the guy that's probably charged with uh, trying to, to stay in front of him, stay disciplined, all that stuff. And and they talked about him a little bit, both Calipari and Kenny Payne on John Calipari's radio show Wednesday night. And just that uh, Kenny Payne said he thought Ashton Hagen's in the second half against Vanderbilt was just phenomenal. And Calipari had also said if, if Ashton Higgins can play that way, the way he did in that second half against Vanderbilt, it makes us different. That we're just going to be a tough out. We're going to be very hard to beat if that's who Ashton Higgins can continue to be. But again, it's all about uh, if you not, not having the go for the steal mentality all the time. Just stay in front of your guy. 
and stop these guys from driving because that's what was hurting Kentucky so badly is they were letting guys get around them and get in and penetrate. Defense collapses and they kick out and they've got open looks. And Calipari even mentioned that he had noticed many more teams playing that way. He, he was almost saying a lot of teams have adapted a different way of playing the dribble drive, you know, the kind of thing that I had started. And right. by driving in, a couple passes here, a couple passes there, third guy drives, uh, shot goes up, all five guys dive to the boards. And um, I don't know if he's talking about Ole Miss when he's looking at that or he's talking about both Vanderbilt and Auburn and Ole Miss or, or what, but – he was. It, it sounded general to say we may have to look at uh, what we're doing a little bit if this is how you know people are playing. Well, it seems really odd that they haven't really done that more. I mean, they they've got three, essentially three point guards, and Cal you know raves about that all the time. How they have three point guards. I think they really have one point guard. Um, two other guys who played some point guard in high school. I mean, if you throw in Johnny Juzang, they've got four guys who played some point guard in high school. Yeah. Um, but they do. They have they have three to four really good guards, all of whom can handle the ball. Um, and, and it does seem strange that you wouldn't play to your strengths, and they really haven't to this point uh, in terms of attacking, spread the floor, and attack off the bounce from those uh, guard positions. And Cal's talked a lot about wanting to get more free throws and free throw attempts by don't take a contested jump shot. You know, drive in there, force the issue, get fouled, and ones, or just get fouled and. Uh, get to the line. Um, you know, the interesting thing about this matchup, though, I was looking I was looking at you were talking about Tyree and just how dangerous he is. Uh, he's had one, two, three, three, well, three straight 20-plus games, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 games already this season uh, with 20-plus points. He scored 30-plus, I think, five or six times. Um, he's a guy who, you know, if, if that's the guy and, and then Schuler also coming at you, um, this if there was going to be a game where you'd say, okay, if they're going to hit us this way, let's hit them back the same way, this would be the one. Um, you yeah. know, I, I think some of it, too, is like um, defense by offense. Like, can you wear Brian Tyree and Devontae Schuler and some of those guys down by making them defend Ashton Hagens and Emmanuel Quickly and Tyrese Maxey and then maybe Johnny Juzang uh, off the dribble uh, for 40 minutes. Uh, can they, we've talked about, you know, can Ashton Hagens give everything offensively if he's exerting himself so much defensively? And then, you know, we talked yesterday about yeah. uh, finally Tyrese Maxey exerted himself a little bit defensively and as a rebounder when so often he seems to sort of expend all his energy on the offensive end. Um, I think if you challenge the other team, especially when they're guard heavy, to defend you, to spread them out and defend you off the bounce and not and sort of be on right. the attack and not be on the defense, um, this might be the game where they sort of break that out. It'd be interesting to see. I, I, don't, I don't see any logical reason why, one, they haven't done it already, and two, why they don't do it going forward. When I thought Calipari insinuated that a little bit on his radio show Wednesday night. All right, when we return, uh, more on uh, something else out of the SEC that uh, over the weekend and into this week that we'll talk about. And then that upset that we teased last time around that we didn't get to. And we will next when the Locked on Kentucky podcast 
continues. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Kentucky is a great way for your local business to reach passionate UK fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with UK fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On Kentucky podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com forward slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com forward slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Locked on Kentucky, your team every day. Okay, we're back here on the Locked on Kentucky podcast, and uh, Louisville goes down. Uh, Louisville, I believe, had won 10 in a row, and they lose to Georgia Tech in Atlanta uh, Wednesday night. Uh, Jordan Wara, two points. I mean, they're talking about him as a Naismith player of the year, definitely ACC player of the year, front runner, uh, and he... He just didn't have a good game, and he didn't have a good game the last time they played each other when uh, when Louisville hosted Georgia Tech up there in the Yum Center. Uh, Wara struggled, but not quite like this. Two points. Georgia Tech almost blew it down the stretch, but uh, 64-58, the rambling wreck. It's weird. They've played so well. I sort of I, – I felt like this may, something like this might be coming soon, whether it was tonight or, uh, you know – in the next week or so, it just felt like Louisville. I, I, I actually was around some Louisville fans uh, here recently that I know very well. And one of them said to me today, uh, before this game, it feels like uh, Louisville's due for a loss. And, and, you know, it feels also as if, you know, Josh Pastor and Georgia Tech, they've actually got some talent. They challenged Kentucky a little bit earlier in the year, uh, like they're built to be a team that could upset. Uh, Louisville, and this also just highlights to me, um, yet again, like for the billionth time this season, that there are no great teams in college basketball. Um, Or if there are, it might be Duke and Kansas at this point. Duke, Kansas, Gonzaga, I don't know, at the very top. Um, And after that, it's Baylor. You know, Baylor. I don't even know if I'd buy Baylor totally, uh, but probably. Um, and then after that, it's a total crapshoot, and and this is just the latest example of that. Uh, I think if you don't show up every single night, and especially if you're away from home, um, you can lose, which is the scary part, and then the encouraging part is you can win. I mean, like, there's – Cal is right. There's got to be 75 teams who think they can make it to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament or the Final Four probably 50 teams that totally feel like they can make it to the final four, 25 teams who think they can win it at this point. Yeah. Um, and I really don't know what to make of it, but uh, I'm not, I'm not totally shocked by this result um, in general. I'm not really shocked by Nora kind of laying an egg because he's, he's a guy who disappears sometimes. And I, I think at this point we, we disqualify him from any of the national awards. I, I think almost disqualify him from all America 
status because he's no showed in enough uh, uh, enough major opportunities either a big against big big name opponents that's sort of been a knock against him is that he makes makes hay against the lesser opponents uh, and then kind of stinks against big name opponents but tonight he laid an egg against a lesser opponent yeah um, I, I just think at this point for one he's certainly not a national award winner um, but I don't think he's a first team all-american either it's been every week, almost every week. I think almost every week, um, save maybe one or two, I don't even know if it's been three, that an unranked team has knocked off a ranked team. But then just beyond that, like Wednesday night, Seton Hall at home. Like, you know, who's been playing better than Seton Hall? Well, Creighton beat them. Um, uh, back to Louisville, three of 24 from three. So once again, the go to your point, about Calipari's point about Louisville was leading the ACC in three-point shooting, I think shooting like 44% in conference or something. Well, they go three for 24. If that happens, you lose. Yep. That's why Calipari doesn't want to rely on on that. Um, gosh, Kansas, they almost lost Wednesday night at West Virginia. I mean, West Virginia had the game. They were up seven. They were playing well. And <laughs> over the last – like five minutes or so, West Virginia must have turned it over, I think, seven times and then went one of seven shooting, and Kansas comes out and wins at 58-49. Yeah, that, um, was, that was brutal. Um, you know, the, to your point about Calipari saying, like, hey, you know, folks will say, why don't you shoot more threes? And he's talk, he started talking about something that he has always sort of poo-pooed, which is free throws. Yeah. Well, well, we don't do that because we're a great free throw shooting team. We want to get to the free throw line more. Let's, let's force the issue. Uh, I wrote a, a big piece today about free throw shooting because it's. Uh, to, I think we're at the point where we need to acknowledge like this is a historically good free throw shooting team for Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, by far, by far the best free throw shooting team of the Calipari era at Kentucky by six percentage percentage points. Excuse me. They're now ranked third nationally. Um, in free throw percentage, they are shooting seventy eight point nine percent. Uh, from the free throw yeah. line, that alone is is impressive. But here's here's what's impressive to me: they're like eighty five percent, I think it is, in crunch time. Uh, the final three minutes of games that are uh, within two possessions or less, six points or fewer, um, in the final three minutes, as a team, they are shooting. I think it's eighty six percent. I don't. I'm trying to pull my story up here. Eighty five point six percent. But the crazy thing is Emmanuel quickly has never missed the season in that scenario. He's 25 of 25. Wow. Uh, Ashton Hagen's 23 of 26. And the one that really stands out is Nick Richards, a seven-footer, is 21 of 25, uh, which if you multiply times four, that is 84% uh, in crunch time. Nick Richards, the seven-footer. Um it's a big deal. I talked to uh, I talked to Kyle Macy, who's sort of the king of free throw shooting at Kentucky. I talked. I spent some extra time uh, in one of the recent interviews with Emmanuel Quickly, who's chasing down the school record once owned by Kyle Macy and now owned by uh, Tyler Hero, the single season percentage record. Um, about one, how important free throws are. Two, about approach and sort of the mental aspect of it. And I think. Uh, Macy agrees that that quickly has just a sort of a perfect mental approach to this, and then a, and then quickly realizing, hey, I'm shooting it so good, 92.5 percent this season. I'm shooting it so good 
I need to get more free throws. And he studied NBA players who are good at drawing uh, fouls yeah. on how to do that, which I think really uh, impressed me. And so this is one of those years that it feels like to me that's it's a great year to be a great free throw shooting team because I think the NCAA tournament's going to be filled with close games. Uh, you know, you don't want to be relying on being a hot three-point shooting team because one cold night knocks you out. Um, and Kentucky has just been absolutely onions at the end of games. I mean, think about the Mississippi State game, which was a close game all the way to the end. They go yeah. six, 16 for 16 in the last two minutes and like 20 seconds of that game. Right. Um, I think it's a huge deal. And, and one of the things I did in the story uh, is – probably painfully for Kentucky fans, look back at all of the titles Kentucky might have had if they shot it as well as this team has at the free throw line. I mean, people talk about you yeah. know, Cal's, yeah. Cal's first team was so good. Oh, the reason they lost, you know, best team in the country, the reason they lost is they went ice cold from three. I think they were four of 32 or something crazy from three. Missed their first 20-ish. But what, yeah. but what gets lost in that is that Wall and Bledsoe were five of fourteen at the at the free throw line. Eesh. The next yeah. year they go four of twelve in a one point loss to Connecticut in the Final Four, where if they Ugh. beat Connecticut they get to play Butler. That's probably yeah. a championship. Right. Yeah. And then twenty fourteen Connecticut again they lose by six on a night where they miss eleven free throws. Uh, in 27, Luke Bay beats him on a buzzer beater, but the guards go three for eight from the free throw line. And and then, like, the famous one, I think to me, like, of, of Cal Perry's Kentucky tenure, he had a bad one at Memphis where he was basically had a, a national, oh, yeah. a national yeah. title in the bag and they blew it at the free throw line. But the worst one at Kentucky is 2018. They've got a gold-plated, you know, uh, yellow brick road to the Final Four. they got to beat <laughs> nobody. Oh Nobody. They got to, it would have been Davidson, uh, Buffalo, Kansas State, Loyola to get to yeah. the Final Four. All double-digit seeds to get to the Final Four. It would have, on paper, been the easiest path to the Final Four <laughs> in history. And P.J. Washington misses 12 free throws by himself in a three-point loss in the Sweet 16. Yeah. Um, I mean, all awful, these, just awful. I mean, I mean, uh, people, uh, people replied to me on Twitter when I quote, I like took a screenshot of that paragraph about all those things I just said to you, and, and people are just like nauseated, you yeah, know, looking at it. I mean, Kentucky should have many more titles just just by making free throws. So that's the bad news. The good news is that this team is like by a mile the best free throw shooting Calipari team Calipari's ever had, and in the clutch, even better. Yeah, and they'll have the most difficult bracket they've ever had in the history of John Calipari. Uh, <laughs> Probably so, <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah. something will happen and Baylor will be the one seed, and then Gonzaga will fall to be like the uh, uh, the three seed or something They'll be in one like region or... with uh, Baylor, Gonzaga, Duke, and Kansas. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Somehow, yeah. In Louisville. Uh, but and Kentucky will go 0 for 15 at the free throw line. <laughs> I, somebody messaged one of my friends who's a Kentucky fan messaged me and said if they lose in like the Elite Eight on missed free throws, everyone in the fan base is going to hate your guts forever <laughs> for saying how good they are at this. But I mean, no, they've got it. They, I mean, they. It's it's clear they have a mindset. They have a toughness about them when it comes to that. 
that's really going to be huge down the stretch. It just is. Between the guard play, I mean, things are setting up nicely. If they continue to play well and get a good seed, I mean, get a top four seed would be ideal. Then, then the free throw shooting is in the guard play and a big post presence. And the defense are some of the things, and not having to rely on three-point shooting, are several, you know, pieces to to a formula that equals getting to a Final Four. So uh, just keep trending in that direction. So yeah, uh, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up with that and preview Ole Miss a little bit more uh, on um, on tomorrow's Locked On Kentucky. Uh, but for now, follow us on Twitter. Uh, I meant to address something. Someone asked us on Twitter, and I apologize we didn't address this. Oh, Emmanuel Quickly in NBA. Emmanuel Quickly to the NBA. What, what do we know about that? Well, we'll that's something we will discuss tomorrow. I'm writing it down right now. We'll discuss it tomorrow on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. So, Kyle, whatever connections you have, tap into them, find out. I will and, put uh, out feelers, and we'll talk about it. All right. Sounds good. Uh, follow me on Twitter at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. Kyle is at? Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great Thursday. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry. I won't finish. You get the idea.